From Johnny Nash's 1958 crooner debut to his follow-up gospel album, The Quiet Hour, in 1959, it is the difference between night and day, between bad and good, between Adolf Hitler and Mr. Rogers. Okay, wow. okay, that might be an overstatement on my part, and for that I do sincerely apologize. It is true that to say his second album strays away from crooning completely would be a lie. But what sets this album apart from his debut are the musical flourishes that staccato the landscape of each song. There are tempo changes within songs, choirs, acoustic guitars, and the essential element of great soul gospel music, the organ. What hasn't changed, you ask? Johnny Nash's voice, which rises to the challenge of tackling what is perhaps one of the best compilations of gospel standards until Aretha Franklin came on the scene and absolutely decimated the gospel competition for anyone contemporary and in the future. The Quiet Hour shows Nash finding his footing as an artist, both spiritually and musically. While he has not removed himself from the general musical landscape of artists pre-Motown completely, there are already movements being made that one can't help but attribute to Motown's creation in 59. Something was in the air that year, and music would never be the same again. We can only hope the same stands for Nash from here on out. But I won't hold my breath until he gets away from Paramount Records, which is still a bit away from here. However, join us as Joe and I find appreciation in the explicit religious notes and instrumentation of Johnny Nash's 1959 album, The Quiet Hour, today on So Gross, Such Blind, Much Blind. everyone to so gross such point much blank this is your host blake collier and with me is the delectable joe george how are you doing today joe i don't where do you get these adjectives from it's uh, it's terrifying it's 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 my talent when between I'm... this and all of the emojis <laughs> that you t- you text me i am i'm feeling uncomfortable I'm just <laughs> gonna <throw it> up. <laughs> well nice thing is, is is that we have a good hr department so you know That's, if you have any complaints yeah. oh, just let them know. i'll be there <laughs> yeah Oh, so well, that's that's quite a way to introduce oh. uh, a gospel record, huh? Yeah, I mean it's 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 really the best way, <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, I'm going to turn it back around. I'm going to save this. Here's my question for you, just from the outset: Why is this record called the Quiet Hour? Is that? I mean, you, your theological reading is deeper than mine. So okay. so is is this is this a thing? Because this album's not an hour long. No. And, you know, it's less quiet than the previous album. It's, yeah. It's definitely not a punk rock record. But so what is The Quiet Hour? Why is this thing called The Quiet Hour? Uh, I mean, the best guess I can make is that I, I think he's alluding to uh, the the silence that's usually involved in, in meditation and prayer. Um, okay. I mean, I, I don't quite understand the hour aspect of it, um, because okay. even the best prayers that I know probably don't pray for an hour straight. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 
I mean, pray, pray without ceasing, right? <laughs> Am I right? That's right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> How did you make that sound creepy? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's All right, kind of I'm a going talent. straight to it's HR. Kind of now. That was yeah, the last exactly. one. <laughs> That's the last one. Yeah, I I would imagine it's 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 at least alluding to a prayer of some sort, uh, taking a taking a moment away from from the busyness of of everyday life and and yeah. uh, meditating um, and. I mean, when, when when we look at the the content of this album, it's it's very clear that he's digging into a, a significant portion of Christian gospel music uh, from the past, and yeah, giving his own little spin on it. Yeah, which is uh, I texted you earlier in this week that I really find this album to be quite beautiful. Uh, <laughs> it, it really is. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, it's heads and tails better than the previous oh, one. Easily, at, yeah, at yeah. So, so what what makes this so different? Like, while while the the style is not necessarily uh, a significant departure, uh, yeah. the style of singing works better with these old yep. hymns uh, than yep. than it does with modern you know pop songs or soul songs. Absolutely. Whenever you add the flourishes of like the the first song, uh, I have a robe, uh, where there's like this nice little quickened pace with the acoustic Isn't guitar, it? and yeah. and then he slows it down, and and you're just like he's doing some some interesting things with the style. Um, yeah, and then there's the organ that's that features pretty on several of the tracks along with the choir, which sounds like your traditional. You know, <sighs> they don't let go. As as much mm. as as uh, the black gospel choirs that I've I've been able to uh, to hear in my life, um, yeah. it's very it's very tame, but yeah. it's still there and it's still a very significant part of the compositions. And uh, Don Costa is still the the composer; mm-hmm. he was the one who composed the strings on on the last album. So it's not a grand departure, but something here I think. Because you and I are both Christians, uh, we mm-hmm. we both we both hold to the faith traditionally considered. We we both have our issues with <laughs> what that looks like in everyday life. But mm-hmm. whenever we hear music like this, there's an element that ties us to a tradition, uh, to a past that yeah. is fraught, but is important in in, in many ways. And, and I think what I like about, uh, especially the 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 African American church. Is that they're very tied into that tradition and very tied into how uh, their ancestors uh, speak into the present day. And so, yeah. whenever I hear albums like this, and like I said in my intro, Aretha Franklin knocks it out of the park. I mean, yeah. her live uh, gospel album—I can't remember the name of the church. I think it's Zion Baptist. But that live album is hands down probably the greatest gospel album of all time. And they just have a passion and emotion in their music that, that you just don't see in uh, other films. Like, like for instance, whenever uh, Johnny Cash was going through his Rick Rubin phase late in his mm-hmm. life, one of, the, one of the albums that was released under the American recordings uh, was his mother's hymn book. And he basically mm-hmm. is going back and he's, he's kind of putting these, these old school hymns into his own Johnny Cash-like style. Yeah, and it's good. Like it's, it, they're really good songs, and I like the way his fragility comes out, which is kind of the beauty of all those American recordings. But they're nothing like black gospel. There's just tied to the past that that isn't quite there. And so whenever I hear this, like I was really impressed with the picks that he made. Yeah, uh, some some songs that you don't hear very often, and then some spirituals that I mean, it has one of my favorite songs of all time on it. 
Uh, Which sometimes, one? Sometimes I feel like a motherless child. Mm, um, yeah. And surprise, surprise, it'll be my top track of the album. <laughs> um, but that that spiritual is like that came from Slave Days. Um, yeah. And so the fact that he's putting his own spin on it is hearkening back to his reliance on the past and 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 reviving that history and 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 not letting people forget it even though it's in a, a musical like musical uh octave that white people can appreciate <laughs> and so yeah, yeah and it's not going to be controversial um and so yeah, yeah it's it's there's it's an interesting interesting album and it's an interesting way to to approach uh the, this kind of music uh what's yeah. your general take yeah, I, I agree with that. Interesting, I think, is the word. Uh, the heads and tails better than the previous yeah. one, but definitely, I, I will go back to this one at some point. Yeah, definitely. But it's not going to be, you know, top one hundred oh, or anything no, like no. that for me. But it's it works. You're right to say that there's some stylistic deviation there. You know, I put it on right after re-listening to his first album, and it, it starts out with a little bit of pep and that acoustic guitar, like mm-hmm. you said, for like thirty seconds. And then those strings come back. And I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> Why is this happening? As you kind of alluded to, the message, so to speak, or, or themes of these songs are better suited to that slower meditative yeah. quality. These words have much greater weight than anything on the previous album. Oh, easily. And so it, it's, it works to have him kind of slow down and articulate of these. And, you know, and, and I, I found myself emotionally and intellectually engaged with these songs in, in a way that in a way that I'm not with a lot of pop music sometimes, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, when, when he gets to the prayer of St. Francis, that yeah. was, that's not, that's not a pop song. No, <laughs> Those no, lyrics not. Do not, or that prayer does not lend itself to that. And yet it worked as a meditation, um, yeah. as mm-hmm. something that, that that that's becoming more real in the recitation that he's giving the 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 strings the instrumentation is is warming it up and there's a genuine longing to these requests that he's making for you know justice and comfort and mm-hmm. and, and all of that you know and it's I, I meditate on that prayer often myself just mm-hmm. you know outside yeah. of so it did have that that uh, uh, lineage that you hinted at uh, previously but it also has that very much. Um, walking presence you know that Mm -hmm. that makes it real and enacts it today and i keep going back to the word meditative but that's really the word for it because the music is not fast it's not the instrumentation is not overpowering any part of it it's it's thoughtful and as you said he's not this isn't explosive gospel music or deeply felt gospel music this is this is deeply thought (laughs) gospel music he's speaking the words almost in, in these and so so yeah, I, I like it's an interesting album. It's a totally different album, but it works so much better yeah. <laughs> than his previous album. Well, and it's it's one of those things where I, it almost, for me, it almost has more in common with like Gregorian chants. Yes, than, than anything. Absolutely. Um, yeah, where the music is atmosphere. Yes, um, and and really, you're you're meditating on the words of the prayers or the words of the of the psalms or or whatever it may be that is being said. But yeah, but music is just to give you a space in which to contemplate. I found myself really appreciating the forty minutes that this album gave me every time I listened yeah. to it because for for the lack of musical prowess uh, that that the album might have. 
it did exactly what it what it set out to do like yeah there was a there was a calmness and a peace uh that i had while listening yep. to this album um and i actually found myself listening to what he was saying as opposed yep. to the last album where i could <laughs> I couldn't care less <laughs> so, yeah yep that, i'm exactly uh, the same place and so yeah you know it's interesting there's i definitely have favorite tracks i don't have least favorite tracks yeah really on this one either. kind of for the same reason as the previous album where they're all so similar that yeah. mm-hmm. there's there's nothing that i could dislike in one that i couldn't find in other 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 tracks here yeah i definitely had some though that i thought were real standouts but but how about for you what, what's what's your favorite track on this album oh yeah it's it's easily sometimes i feel like motherless child but yeah. that's that's largely because i have yet to hear a single version of it that i disliked <laughs> um yeah. i think that's I mean, it's up there with Make Me Want to Holler, Inner City Blues by Marvin Gaye as mm. one of my favorite songs of all time. I found myself really admiring some of the lesser known tracks, like yeah. uh, I heard a, of A City Called Heaven. There were some yep. interesting elements in there that, that yep. I'm not sure I'd ever heard that song before. I'd heard versions of Bless This House, but I don't think I'd heard this version of it. There's elements of it where on, in the moments where I didn't, I'd never heard the hymn before or the spiritual. Yeah. I really found myself being taken by them in the moments where I knew the song and I knew it fairly well. I was able to just relax and enjoy like, like you I've got, I've got standouts, but there's really not a bad quote unquote bad song on this album. You're right to say that they all, they all fall into the same category musically. Uh, There's really not a significant difference, but because of the nature of this album, because of the meditative quality of it, it works and it almost has to be that way. Otherwise, you lose the depth in the music. Yes. And so, yep. which is where other attempts at, at gospel music have a tendency to, to fall apart, is that it's got it's that perfect balance of composition and, and lyrical prowess. What does that look like? And while I'm not going to say that he gets this balance right, and he may not have had a whole lot of say in composition at this point, this musical side could have used a little more probably, but I think it works for, for what it is. And... This is a this is one of those albums that I think if I had picked this one up instead of the first one, it would have become a favorite of mine if I had lived in the fifties. And admittedly, culture didn't move quite as quickly as it does now, where you know a week later you're you've already forgotten about what you were <laughs> raving about the week before. So there were know. no nineteen fifties hot takes yeah, going no, on. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> yeah, there was no internet in which trolls yeah. could, uh, could, yeah. could take to the uh, message boards. Yeah, and we kept our Nazis in Germany then, yeah, as opposed exactly. to the White House. So, so, so you know, on that on that note, let me tell you about my favorite song okay, on, the, on the record, which you kind of hinted at it, which is uh, I Heard of a City Called Heaven. Yeah. Because it's scary. It's yeah. it, The instrumentation is much more sparse on that track than there are with any of the other ones. It's not every second needs to be filled with yeah. something. You know, there, there's space in that one. And there's there's a melancholy to it and even a dread at yeah. times where mm-hmm. it's almost almost frightening this this other city which i appreciate yeah. <laughs> i've 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 been sort of embracing especially over this past couple months i discovered that and i don't know if it, we haven't talked about this we're, we're as you said we're both christians and we're both both pretty big horror fans uh-huh. um and something that i'm finding among among christian horror fans is that a lot of us experience what's end times dread, you know, rapture yeah. dread. Mm-hmm. And that was a real thing for me. Like I, I significantly remember hearing loud noises and thinking as a child, 
that's that's Gabriel's horn. Oh, <laughs> the rapture's shit. coming, and I'm not ready. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Because I just said something like that, or I thought an impure thought, and now here I am, and I'm going to be raptured, and I'm going to have to stand in front of God, and I'm not right with God now. Like that was a real existential dread for me, mm-hmm. and I've discovered for a lot of Christians who who love horror now that's they've experienced the same thing, you know. And mm-hmm. <laughs> and when people tell me how can you how can you like both and I'm like, well, there's there's a lot of things to be scared of <laughs> that there's a lot of a lot of my, me being a Christian involves me being scared <laughs> of a lot of things and yeah. working through that that fear. And so all of that's a long way of saying I feel that on this on this song yeah. that is on the one hand about this, this, you know, it's about heaven. It's about this better place that's going to going to going to be out there. And I know in the African-American tradition that has different connotations than it does for a white dude, you know, yeah. that mm-hmm. there, that's, that's more of a, there, it's, it's framed as a, a real justice and real relief from the actualities of life in the United States in yes. a way that I don't experience and don't understand. So I'm not yeah. trying to, to downplay that, but, but at least the way that he sings it, he's a little scared yeah. <laughs> of the city. Yeah. Yeah. He's a little scared that, that, that Puritan dread kind of sinks into the song. And I, yeah. I thought that was really interesting. And, and I, I think that's, I don't have the track list in front of me. That's, that's toward the end of the album. It's, 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 it's number 11. So, so okay. the, the song that follows it up is the Lord's prayer. Yeah. Okay. Which is very a, good, which is a compelling way to that, that one, two punch is, yeah. is a compelling yep. way to end the album. Yeah. 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 So that's my favorite. I mean, all uh, really as, as somebody, I grew up, you know, kind of in evangelical tradition and especially most of my adult life. I've yeah. been around churches that go to that sing praise songs, yeah. you know, with fancy bands. And in the past couple of years, I've really just been done with that. And I attend a very liturgical, boring church that yeah. I love so much because we sing boring hymns. And so this is really scratching that itch for me where this is. Yeah. You yeah, and that's, I, that's what my spiritual walk looks like now. <laughs> you, you and I are very similar in that. And, and <laughs> while while I am not currently attending a liturgical church, I am very much a litur- liturgical uh, believer yeah. uh, in my yeah. heart. So very much high church, and and yep. I find I find that I get lost in old hymns, uh, whereas yep. whereas modern praise music and worship music is is almost on the same level for me as his first album. <laughs> <laughs> like it yeah, all sounds very in a much strange way. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, yep. Yep. Uh, and, and I don't get a whole lot out of most of it. Um, no, but there's just, there's, there's a, there's a prose element to old hymns that yeah. is, is contemplative. Uh, yep. Like it's, there's a, there's almost a Merton esque quality to, to yep. thinking about old hymns. Um, so yeah, I, I appreciate the fact that he's, he's digging into some of these, these old standards. Um, and, like I said, like his selection is is unusual. Um, yeah, it really is fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And so I would say that, like, easily, this is one I would come back to, and this is one I could mm-hmm. see myself listen to a lot during like Lent. Um, yes, among other things. And so, yeah, I would probably I'll probably put it on my uh, on my. Uh, playlist when that time rolls around again so yeah this one's hard to get a hold of too but i do yeah. recommend that yes. people hunt this one down very much strangely so. did you run into this where it's listed on spotify but if you try to play any of the tracks it doesn't show up oh it doesn't no i didn't very frustrating try. yeah yeah I very frustrating Jeez. but so it's a little harder to look on but but yeah i definitely yeah. recommend yeah you, you see this one 
Is there anything else you want to talk about? You want to get into the uh, to to all the uh, greatness of uh, modern evangelicalism? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've got thoughts, but then this becomes a different podcast. different podcast. Exactly. Yeah. I just I'll leave it at this. I don't think Johnny Nash is wearing skinny jeans when he no. recorded this, and, no, he's and not. I appreciate that. And he's not wearing three hundred dollar sneakers. <laughs> sneakers, yeah. <laughs> well, yelling about the enemy. Yes. Uh... <laughs> For so much. thoughts on evangelicalism, follow us on Twitter, yes. where occasionally both of us will. <laughs> well, we'll lose our we'll lose our shit. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> There, there, so one last thing I, I do want to point out on your the song you picked for your favorite. What I like about your reading of that is that the other element of being a horror fan and a, a devout Christian is this idea that we we understand the nature of otherness, um, yeah. where that is both attractive and terrifying, uh, yeah. and that those can live in the same existence, uh, side by side, uh, same tension. Because God, while he is good in traditional understanding, he is also other. We we can't know him completely. That in and of itself is, it's risky. <laughs> and so yes. there's an element of contemplation on this, this place called heaven, this city yeah. called heaven that has that quality to it. Like, like it's, it's, you're holding on to the promise, but the human part of you is still like, this is a little scary. <laughs> So, yeah oh yeah like, definitely, definitely. I, yeah I, I don't I, I don't have anything to hold on to as a um tangible relationship and and so do i know what heaven's gonna look like well i can look at the cultural understanding of what heaven looks like but that's probably not gonna be anywhere close to what it actually looks like and so yeah <laughs> you know yeah, yeah it's it there that's something about being a horror fan is that you're open to that tension uh of oh, yeah. both both promise and hope and yet fear like a proper fear and yes. respect uh, for for otherness, yes. which is why the horror community is one of the best out there, in my opinion. So <laughs> yeah, uh, totally. Strangely, to yeah. people that don't, aren't in it, but yeah, uh, exactly. Okay, I just gotta. So I'm gonna throw this out there real quick. God's not a him. We're just gonna leave it there. That's not the pronoun for God. <laughs> not a he. Not a him. Not a his. Oh, nice. No, no. We're gonna, and I won't get into the other stuff. Again, follow us on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> we're all uh, sorts of Joe, theological Joe, debates Joe, sometimes with one Joe, another sometimes Joe. with other people on our feed don't read the bible uh, man yeah or, or, read the mad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or just watch the passion of the christ oh there you go there you go <laughs> uh awesome well i think that i think that about, about sums it up i mean i feel like that's uh that's giving you a taste of of who we are as people uh, yeah if of... you still want to listen to us yeah. <laughs> well, the nice thing is is that this is probably gonna be one of the few times where religion comes up and in, in our discussions yes. but yeah. it'll it'll pop up here and there um yeah it's it's hard not to talk about religion on some level and yeah as we talk about the point blank that'll come up as well because it's yeah. very much present so and clearly we have different takes as many similarities oh, as we have. We have different takes and oh, yeah, there's right. all sorts of different flavors to it. So uh, if, if you know, our flavor isn't working for you, eh, stick around. There's other ones. Uh, we thank you for joining us, though, uh, on this exploration of Johnny Nash's 1959 album, The Quiet Hour. We'll be talking about I Got Rhythm next month, uh, which is also 1959. And we'll, uh, we'll get, dig into see see what kind of differences he's going for on, on that album. Until then... This is Blake Collier and Joe George saying adios. And remember, this podcast is us. Awesome.
Thank you for listening to So Grow Such Point Much Blank, part of the Film Inquiry Network. If you like what we're doing, head on over to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating and a review. Every little bit of feedback gives us the ability to expand our audience. If you don't like what we're doing, please don't tell the network. We're new here. We're trying to make a good impression. Please, please, please. Our podcast theme was created by Jans. You can find his music and other projects at jansofficial.com. Our podcast intro music was Silent Film A by Lobo Loco. Our podcast outro music was created by Jeff Hansen. Our podcast artwork was created by Jeff Wyrick. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash SoGrossPod, and that's gross with an E. And on Twitter and Instagram, also at SoGrossPod, which also has an E in the gross. You can follow Blake on Twitter at Lost in Osmosis, and you can follow Joe on Twitter at JAGeorgeII. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week with more So Gross, Such Point, Much Blank. Hey, bing, 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 bang. Popcorn. Yeah, whatever.